What is going on, people? Welcome to another episode of Daniel's Den. I'm your host, Daniel Pasley. We've got two familiar guests in the building. we got OP and Philly Phil. Obviously, the NBA just came back, and everybody who's a sports fan or just a basketball fan is real excited. And we got a good treat last night, especially for the local, the GTA area, with the Raptors and the Lakers. A lot of people have definitely felt ways about how the Raptors are kind of received in the media. Um, you know, we've talked about it, whether it's in our group or on our, our podcast, we're always saying, hey, you know, the Raptors are, as much as Milwaukee and all these other teams in the East are pretty good, you know, the Raptors aren't a team to sleep on. I think people in the league know it. But what were your uh, guys' thoughts on, um, you know, what happened last night? Uh, maybe I'll just leave with Phil. Phil, what's your uh, take on what happened last night? Well, as the um, Raptors fan in the group, the only Raptor fan in the group, um, I thought it was a fantastic game. You know, last night we were all going back and forth. And, you know, um, it was pretty much me against you guys because you guys were cheering on LeBron. And, you know, hey, great to the hey, great three-pointer by LeBron. Did you guys see that? Of course, we all saw it, man. But, you know, we don't care about <laughs> LeBron and the Lakers, man. We care about what the Raptors did. And you know what? Um, it, it, it was an ugly game to start. You saw, like, we saw how the defenses um, really stepped up. It was a big – it looked like it was a big game for both teams, um, the way that they were playing, the intensity. Um, you see a lot of flaws, um, specifically with the Lakers, in terms of their guard play, their wing play. Um, and just their, their – like, I know they, they, they had a lot of bench points yesterday, especially in the first half, but – it, it wasn't it wasn't fun to watch if you were a Laker fan, um, in my opinion. But I think the Raptors played great, um, especially in the second half. Um, Kyle Lowry, you know, he 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 was wearing educational reform for a reason because he was taking some of those kids to school yesterday. Boy, he really <laughs> went to work on a lot of these guys, man. So um, I, I was proud of how how Lowry played. Um, OG, you know, OG really stepped up. Um, I was happy with the way he played. Um, and that was pretty much it. Yeah. I'm going to just piggyback off what he's saying. In terms of what I saw from the Raptors, uh, we talked about this before when we did the Eastern Conference podcast. I said from the beginning, of all the teams that were contenders in that group, the one thing the Raptors had over everyone else is that they already had an established identity. Um, the Lakers, Clippers, Bucks, everybody else is still trying to figure out what they are. The Raptors are their – you can say the Bucks kind of know what they are, but I feel like the Raptors definitely know who they are. And they're, they're also, uh, because of the layoff, the, probably the most healthy of any group and the most intact. Um, on defense, my impression was that they were – their defense and the way Nurse is able to disguise his coverages and, and purposely putting smaller players on AD um, to kind of induce these post-ups that are easier to double team I thought was like a brilliant strategy by uh by nurse I kind of rewatched some of that and you can tell he was purposely throwing smaller bodies at him and then sending waves of bodies and the Lakers did a horrible job of cutting um they're very stale on the weak side um and you know and the Raptors did and give the Raptors credit even when the Lakers were open a lot of the catches were under duress there's a lot of drop passes KCP uh Danny Green like, we have to talk about he's been he's been the best player for the Raptors the last two years because even when he's not with them he's helping them out because he was he was he was because if you look at the Raptors roster 
Pascal didn't play too great. Um, Serge didn't play amazing. Mark didn't play amazing. Fred didn't even play that great. But nobody was a minus on the team. Nobody was like, get that guy out of here. Um, outside of maybe Rondé. Rondé. Yeah, Rondé. Rondé was – but if you look at the Lakers' side of it, there was nothing but minuses. Like, you know, yeah. like the best player on the floor for them was, uh, was LeBron, and he didn't play that great. Uh, AD was non-existent. That was the kind of game where you should have been – he did nothing. It was the inverse of the Clipper game. And, um, and like, out, out Kuzma wasn't uh, – Kuzma wasn't good. There was, no, there was nothing they could look at offensively. Defensively, I thought the game was better uh, from both teams. But we kind of talked about this. The offenses are probably going to take the hardest time, and both teams kind of look constipated for large stretches of the game. The Raptors just literally had uh, Kyle – was just a one-man wrecking crew all night. Uh, OG was huge, but I really felt like it was just—it was really Kyle who set everything up. He was a table setter from the beginning. He was the best player on the floor. Uh, from yeah, you—you you, you could you could clearly see who yeah. who was putting in that work during Corona time, yeah. and who was kind of just kind of laying low, um, right? Like you, you you saw it with Lowry. Like you, we we heard stories about Lowry sneaking into Villanova's gym at five thirty in the morning just to get shots up, just so that he could be home. To with his kids and stuff, um, but Daniel, I, I gotta ask you a question because you, you're sitting there. You haven't said too much so far, but why are the Raptors so overlooked? Like, why? Why doesn't like everyone? That that's a big win for them yesterday, and you know they, the Lakers haven't beaten them since 2014. But why don't we get respect for, from anybody? Because seamlessly, you know, we hear that that what Draymond Green said um, the other day, and it was like Canada, like. Is that the reason why we don't get respect? Because we're in Canada? I, I don't know. You guys got to let me know. I think I think that's a big part. You kind of uh, kind of stole my point in a bit there. Just because with the Draymond thing, everybody kind of looks at Canada as this foreign place, whether, you know, we're just a short flight away from – or not even a short flight, a short drive away from Detroit, you know, the Toronto area. A lot of people tend to think, oh, like, they're a pretty foreign place. Everything's so great there just talking about the lifestyle off the court and then you go on the court. I feel like the way Toronto won, a lot of people tend to disregard, you know, it's like, okay, KD wasn't playing. So I'm not really going to count that as a championship. And honestly, I think it's pretty hypocritical, especially because we can say that those Warriors titles, we can take those away because we're like, all right, they have two of the top five players in the league and everybody else is pretty much playing catch up to them. And I think, in the Raptors case, because there's no big name star and because there's obviously not a team like Toronto is a big market, but to Americans, it's a foreign place. So I think a lot of people tend to get caught up in like, okay, they don't have a Kawhi Leonard. Why do I care that like Kawhi is clearly a top player in the league, but like you said, Kyle Lowry. And I kind of talked about this on my uh, individual podcast a couple weeks ago when I said, um, you know, Kyle Lowry at times can have an alpha dog type mentality. We saw it last year in the finals where he carried the Raptors through that game six when Kawhi was just getting his footing. He had about 22 points in the first half. So to me, I think a lot of people, maybe it's because of being in a different country and maybe because of the history of the Raptors up until like the last like seven years. But I feel like a lot of people tend to overlook them because it's not a familiar place to them in terms of the place itself, the country or like the team. And I think that's what make this makes this team so great because 
you watch them and I think we're spoiled as well because we get to see it. Like Omar said, we get to see Nick Nurse implement defenses where he puts uh, a Rondé Hollis Jefferson in filler minutes to give AD um, kind of a different look, but it also allowed for the Raptors to double and watching some tape this morning, the Lakers love to run AD post-ups, especially off of uh, dead ball situations where whether it's a turnover or um, a free throw, a uh, made free throw, they like to go right into their stuff. And I think that definitely plays a role in why I think, like you said, we can't sleep on this team. Okay, so let me ask you, um, and I don't mean to ask, be the question guy, but um, what really impressed you uh, from the Raptors um, yesterday? Uh, what, what did you guys, when you guys were watching the game, what were you guys like, wow, like, you know, these guys seem to have a hold on this? To be honest, they, um, the one thing I'll say as a team, because uh, if you're going individuals, obviously call an OG. But if you're going from, like, the team perspective, I just, their, their versatility on defense is just, they look like the best defensive team in the league. Yeah. Like, Milwaukee yeah. had numbers uh, because they got the rim protection, but and the Raptors were number two for a reason. Every catch uh, the Lakers had didn't look clean. Like, they, yeah. there was a lot of drop, like I talked about earlier, a lot of drop passes, a lot of, like, guys weren't ready, hands. They're just very active, and they're so long, and they're so athletic, and they're so versatile. They just pretty much play any kind of defense. Um that you want. And, and in, the, in the case of the Lakers, Lakers didn't really, and just to not to make it about the Lakers when you asked about the Raptors, Lakers did themselves no favors by just the lack of ball movement um, is pretty bad. They, they get, they get so stuck on the trying to find the catch and shoot. Um, like there was no, there was no adjustments by Volga at all. They sent they sent that one time they had the cutter come through at Morris and they got that layup. And I thought they would go to that more in the second half, but it was more of the same, uh, from them and you know a team as good as defensively as the Raptors uh look and as scary as they look on offense uh and sorry on defense you cannot um as much as you want to give people different looks on defense you got to give them different looks on offense and the Lakers had no versatility and you know it made the Raptors job very easy which is literally just double AD make them passive um and hope and you know they live with what Braun did and didn't do last night and and more importantly they live with the fact that Kuzma they shut down Kuzma they shut down KCP they shut down well Danny shut down himself because that guy missed he missed a lot of open shots which is concerning me if I'm a Lakers fan well I, 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 I really got to leave it to Omar to kind of make a whole segment about the Lakers when we're talking about the Raptors man like <laughs> I don't know if we can cut his mic or something because I'm I don't want to hear about them sorry ass Lakers Omar. Okay, we're, we're talking, talking about the Raptors. We're talking, no, 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 no. We're talking about the Raptors, <laughs> they, and then you're talking to me about the, the Lakers and all this themselves. crap. I don't want to hear that. Okay, man, please. I was please. trying to say that the one thing about what I was gonna say is that you cannot a team that is that great defensively as the Raptors are, you cannot play against that against them that way. There's no way you can beat a team that good on defense the way they play defense. So are you are you putting are you putting it on Vogel in terms of the scheme that they came to, or do they do the Lakers just not have the right personnel to actually make I think a it's real a little, run for the I think, I think it's a little column A, column B. I think it's more personnel, but less to do with like there was no adjustments and and mm-hmm. and you know nurse nurse on defense is you know like we. We, he was kind of billed as the offensive guru, but really it's like 
Well, that's what he is. He's not even an offensive – he's not even a defensive guy. He came and he was an offensive guy. When he was Dwayne Casey's right-hand man, Casey's like, hey, I got the defense. You do the offense. And, you know, what ended up happening was he was like, yo, Casey, I'm taking your job, bro. And I'm going to be the and, – and that's what I think it comes – like, I think – and to build on what Dan was saying about the respect they don't get, I think if you're going to rank the reasons why, number one is them being in Canada. Like, let's – it is – at this point, trying to say it isn't, even if you're a U.S. person, doesn't make sense. It's them being Canada and being the unknown is number one. Number two, mm-hmm. and I think it's actually good. They, I saw somebody on Twitter say this. They remind me of the 04 Pistons uh, this year, where it's just like they got no – they don't have – they don't have, let's say, a, um, a Kawhi anymore, but they have no weak guys in their, in their first five to six to seven players. There's nobody you can attack on, mm-hmm. on their team. So that's why they're going to be a problem. Like, they're, they're deep, they're athletic, they're long, they're fast. They can – they don't really have to switch. Um, yeah. They communicate. They do everything a great defensive team wants. They defend the rim um, very well. And, like, you know, it's, it's – if you're going to rank who, who won the game and who lost the game, I know the, you know, the narrative, anytime a, a guy like LeBron's on the team, they're going to talk about LeBron and, and his team. But if we're going off who won, the, the Raptors won that game. They took it they, – they punched them in the mouth. OG hit those two big threes to, to negate the LeBron two threes. LeBron goes to the bench because Vogel tries to buy some time, and then the Raptors literally tap that you-know-what until the game was over. Uh, Vogel tried to sneak in those LeBron rest minutes, and it didn't work because uh, the Raptors were just too good. And by the time yeah. LeBron came back, the game was pretty much done. Um, yeah, you can't – you know, like, as bad as the Raptors played, especially in that first half, um, you know, they still won that game um, – quite handily especially in that fourth quarter right even the third quarter I'm pretty sure they they scored over 30 points in the third and the fourth quarter right and that's that's a tough thing to do against that LA that LA they can play deep they were playing they were playing defense amazingly yesterday you saw like they had a defensive intensity Caruso is not a bad defender he has length he's he's pretty athletic so he it's not like you're just going at him all day but like the Raptors just got they just got their mojo and it wasn't even the Raptors it was OG and Kyle because you know Siakam didn't do crap, mm-hmm. you know Fred didn't. Do, it, it was it was Fred was bad. Fred, yeah, was, Fred, Fred was, was Fred was a pretty good playmaker. I was just looking at the box score, but even then, I think he had eleven assists, his, right? Yeah, some of his decisions though, like just that, that's how you know, like to your guys' point. Sometimes we look at the numbers and think, okay, like this guy balled out, but there were a, a, a few instances where he kind of forced the issue or made like a bad drive that kind of made things a little you know, muddy on offense. But to your point, maybe that mm-hmm. has to do with mm-hmm. um, that defense being ahead of where guys are offensively, where guys should be or where they should be attacking at. So, yeah. And I'm just going to, you know, the, just the last, before we can move on to the, the other games, the, the, my, only, my, my final thoughts was like, takeaway is guys like OG are going to be good coming off the, the rest, I think, because his game is literally three and attack the rim. Guys are – you're not asking OG to make plays for others. You're not asking OG to make second and third moves. Is he hitting open shots? Is he getting to the rim? He did that last night, right? Yeah, he, he, he looked like he was in shape, though. He guarded his you know. as opposed to Siakam. If I'm looking for any problems with the Raptors, is it's, you know, as good as they were. Um, Siakam's got to be better. Like you, you know, like he, he got to be. He has to be better. Kyle, Kyle was getting to the line a lot, and you know how it is in the playoff times. 
You can't always depend on that ref whistle. So Siakam's got to be better. Um, but I, I, you know, I think the Raptors did, they, they had nothing to complain about. They did a great job. First game back, they looked rusty. They took the Lakers best punch and they, and they knocked them out and they deserved all the credit for what they did. Good job. Good job, Toronto Raptors. If you guys are listening, great job, man. I'm you sure. know, way to, way to, way to shut up Omar and Daniel last night, man. I slept, <laughs> I slept so nice, man. I was just, I saw a picture of your guys' faces and it was like, you guys were angry. I was tossed oh, by the boy. I was Cuba Gooding Jr. Boys in the... <laughs> <laughs> but, Not again! Uh, anyway, go on. Yeah, but anyways, uh, you know, to your guys' point, Raptors definitely proved something last night for a lot of teams kind of thing that, you know, it's going to be an easy walk through the East or maybe they're not as potent as they are last year. And they did shoot 41% from three. So that's something to me I think was the biggest thing, especially with the way the Lakers are. They, they do have the length, but on a lot of their closeouts, they tend, they tend to give up a lot of ground. And I thought the Raptors did a good job. And guys like OG, obviously Kyle balled out, but the lack of hesitation on their jumpers, I think that's something to look out for, especially with a lot of people kind of saying, oh, the Raptors don't really have a sniper, but – Hey, man, uh, if they can string together a stretch like that, they're going to be a hard team to beat. Um, but moving on, yeah. we're just going to stay with the Lakers, but we're going to talk about the Clippers game. Obviously, this was a a pretty, you know, highly touted matchup. Got two uh, heavyweights in the Western Conference. A lot of people, I mean, virtually everybody thinks this is going to be the Western Conference final unless other things transpire. But 103-101 was the final score in that game. Um, wasn't really you know, the best in terms of, uh, like we said, the offense and the defense kind of being at two different uh, ends of uh, the spectrum in terms of the quality of it. But what did you guys mm-hmm. see in uh, this game? I'll let Omar lead um, with this. Uh, what, what were your impressions on uh, this matchup? Uh, the, my impressions was uh, what I came away with is that the Clippers are still going to be terrifying because they don't have – they didn't have Lugo and they didn't have Montrez. And they hung in that game, and I thought the Lakers should have won by more. Um, but in terms of the actual game itself, um, I thought it was it was pretty clear that, and we talked about this when we did our preview last time, it's, you know, the Clippers don't have a guy to guard AD. And that was pretty clear what happened. For three quarters, it was, you can't guard AD. Um, they didn't do what the Raptors did, which was send doubles. I wonder if I wonder if now everyone seeing that film is going to be doing the same thing moving forward. Uh, but when it comes to my impressions of the game, it's they couldn't stop AD early um, or at all. And then uh, the ending was amazing when it came down to you know LeBron has those two, LeBron's back to playing defense. Uh, he even did that in a Raptor game too. But just the way there the intensity was was off the charts, and I think it just. It goes to show you with a lot of these games outside of, you know, the Houston-Dallas game, defense seems to be the one thing that most teams can, that are good can still do because it comes down to communication and effort. And, um, and, and those two things you don't really have to be, let's say, in shape for, but offense you need more timing and, and spacing. That's and my bad. I'm going to be back at the point because the, the games are connected. Though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's, yeah, but it's like, you know, you're watching the game and, you know, in, in the Clippers game, AD got the ball, and he looked at, he looked around. He's like, there's nobody on this court that's going to cover me. And every, he was hesitating. he get the ball in motion shooting, in motion shooting. In the Raptor game, you could see the hesitance because he was like, oh, fuck. Boop, beep. 
Oh, Serge Ibaka's in front of me. Oh, this guy or that guy's in front of me or the double team. And it made him so hesitant that even when he had open shots, he was passing it off to Danny Green. And you're like, Danny, you're giving the ball up to Danny Green. And, you know, if you're a superstar player, like, like even – and we're going to go back to the Lakers game. So, like, LeBron yesterday, when he got into that moment where he's like, I'm going straight to the basket and no one's going to stop me, that's what he did. And when he got hot, he was – he started getting – that's what AD has to do. And I think that's why AD has so many critics, including myself, because there are so many times in the game where you expect more from him and he just goes to a lull where you're just like, man, what, what, what is this? What's going on, right? And against the Raptors, I get the Raptors are a good defensive team. But what we saw yesterday with AD should not have happened. It should not have happened. This guy, like, he, him having an off game should have been 22 points and seven rebounds. That should have been an off game for him. Yesterday was horrendous. And, you know, if you're going to get that in a seven-game series from AD, now the Raptors have said, hey, this is how you play him, the Lakers are going to be in trouble. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that, especially because looking at the shooting splits, um, the Raptors are were able to – hold the Lakers to the low 30s and from three. And in this game as well, the Clippers did the same thing, kind of showing, showing that recipe. They held the Lakers to a total of 39% from the floor and 31% from three. And we're talking about guys like Danny Green and KCP supposed to stretch the floor um, to Omar's yeah. point, And to both of you guys have pretty much been harping on this. It's like you're going to have a 1A and 1B situation. And Omar talked about the old, the early 2000s Lakers, the three-peat Lakers, where they had floor space and they had the Robert Ories, you know, the Brian Shaws, the guys mm-hmm. like that. They, the, the Lakers, to me, as much as Caruso and Dion give them, maybe like uh, Caruso and uh, Kuzma as well. But um, how, how can you depend on those three when those, those guys, I think Caruso, maybe because he, you know, we kind of stereotype and we think, oh, he's the – white guy so he's probably just a spot up shooter but he's he's a good slasher he's not really a spot up guy he has gone through stretches where he's kind of struggled with his shooting so if you're going to be paying Danny Green 15 million and KCP's you know making less money than he was last year but mm-hmm. it, those guys are are paid to shoot uh 35 plus from 3 so why why are we going to be uh paying those guys if you're the front office why are we paying these guys to pretty much uh lay a bunch of bricks out there, especially when we need the floor spacing. That's the kind of personnel, that's the type of uh, mindset they would think with that personnel that they signed. It's the pressure pressure of playing with LeBron, man. You know, some of these these guys, they just can't handle playing with LeBron sometimes, right? There's a lot of expectations that come with that, right? Like Danny Green was in Toronto. It was just kind of like, just get out of the way, just hit the open shots. And, you know, I'm not even sure when him and Kawhi came to Toronto, they took it as seriously as, hey, we might really be a really good team. They kind of were just like, hey, let's just go to Toronto, see how it is and what more, right? But, mm-hmm. you know, now you're in L.A. and all the lights are there and it's all the party. Everyone's talking about you. And Danny Green might be having – like, we, we've talked about this before. He, he's having like a Cleveland type of year back when he was LeBron's dance partner <laughs> back in the day. Like he, he, he's, he's horrendous, you yeah. know, and, and it's not only him. If You can go down the list, the line of other guys that just aren't doing enough in L.A. and – if you're like I, I keep telling you guys, if you're gonna depend on LeBron and AD to, and then get a little bit from these guys, you're not gonna get it. Brandon Ingram, you know he he's he's starting to become a star over in New Orleans, and because all the pressure is off of him, right? You could see the pressure is off him, and he, we've always known he's a talented player. But Kuzma's a talented player, 
but they, I don't think they can handle it, right? Mm. Oh, personally. And, well, I to Ingram's point, I, I I feel like a lot of his growth was stunted by who was coaching him before more than than uh, than just his play. I think he would have been fine, but you're not getting an AD from New Orleans without giving up Brandon Ingram. It's just it's just no no GM with half a brain would would make that trade. But I'm gonna kind of switch clears more to the Clippers um, just because um, number one, the takeaway I took from them is, you know, uh, you know, robot Kawhi was, um, was amazing um, when it came to uh, just the way he was able to kind of, especially early, he was able to kind of get LeBron space um, and really give him problems in the first couple of quarters. LeBron kind of settled down in the fourth, but he was, he did a great job on defense and he was able to come back and, and really exploit that KCP matchup. Um, the only thing that concerned me about the Clippers um, in that game was the way LeBron was able to take him out in the fourth where yeah. there were, you know, we had that, you know, we have that meme of him just being frustrated where LeBron's kind of doing that thing where Kawhi goes to the drive and Kawhi's so strong. He sticks that arm out and pushes you off. And LeBron's doing that thing. where like, okay, I'm going to hold this arm and not, now go go somewhere and um uh, i think that that's that might be a trouble for them but so far the first two games uh we haven't talked about them at all yet paul george jeez man yeah he's from, balling. Three, from three like the the way the way that guy's just lighting up everybody and everything left and right um mm-hmm. he's gonna be yeah. that um they're they're definitely coming out the west because if if Ka- Kawhi, we know what Kawhi is gonna be Kawhi is gonna be a guy that can take over any game. But if Paul George is going to be that too, uh, and Lou Williams is healthy and Montrez comes back, if he comes back because he's still up in the air, um, yeah. they're going to be a problem for anybody. Yeah. And, and there'll be a problem for anybody who comes out the East too, um, to be honest too, just because if, if PG is going to be that. Now we all know what PG usually does is that he starts off great. And then by the end, he kind of wears down. Maybe, maybe him, he's got that hardened thing where maybe this break helped him out. And, you know, he, he can finish this time because now they have a break to kind of heal up and, and get their body right. And he has two good shoulders, it looks like. Um, and Doc is Doc. The, the stuff that, you know, Doc's able to do out of timeouts to get them easy buckets, the way he catches guys falling asleep. Um, but I will say this. Another negative if they have a negative, is if, if they got to play Reggie Jackson heavy minutes. Yeah, they're guard play, he, yeah. he was – you want to talk about Danny Green. He was awful because Reggie – at least Danny knows he can't make a shot. Reggie thinks he can still make shots. <laughs> and, and, okay, and, yeah, but, but, but – Hopefully, you're, the, Lou Will solves that problem, right? Because they had to play Reggie. Yeah. So, I'm well, – Your expectation for, for him, for, for Reggie, is one thing. And your expectation for Danny Green's another. Danny Green is a guy that you're paying fifty million dollars a year to be your starter and hit open threes. Reggie Jackson is the guy that you brought in during the season to come off of the bench to back up a guy that isn't there right now. So when that guy comes back, Reggie's not gonna be playing a lot of minutes. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Is that, fair? The only, that was the only thing. There the only thing that concerns me though is this is this is my this is what I looked at the game, and this is how I thought about it. So if you looked at you look at what usually happens is Kawhi went to the bench and then for his normal like six minute rest, and then mm-hmm. PG got in foul trouble. And normally they would say, mm-hmm. "Okay, we're gonna go with Lou, and Lou will carry us during this stretch." 
My own concern is, and this is what I took away, was you can still attack Luan defense. So what he's getting, what he's scoring, he's also going to give up. So Mm -hmm. if they get stuck in that situation again where PG gets into foul trouble, they're a little bit wonky. They don't – They don't. Montrez, I think, is a big – factor for them to be to go to the next level because yeah. they're not as deep as I thought and I really think um, they shouldn't have let go of Montrez Harrell I really think they should have held on to him because I really like his versatility uh, not Montrez Harrell sorry Montrez Harrell <laughs> the, the wing why am I forgetting his name the Mo Harkless yeah Mo Harkless I think I think he's a yeah. guy they, they is they should have held I think they could have they should have held on to him I think he he mattered mm-hmm. more in the grand scheme of things, when you're playing teams like the Rockets or the Lakers, where you need that length, and I think that will hurt them. But yeah, if, that was the one takeaway. If I'm the Clippers, I'm like, you know, we're we're probably Reggie Jackson ain't going to play much. Hopefully, Joakim Noah's not going to play that much because um, the Lakers really took advantage of that. But the Clippers are—they look like the best team in the league, uh, regardless. Um, yeah. Yeah, Marcus Morris also, to your point, he was involved in that trade. He hasn't really given them much. He was old trash over four from from the field, over three from three. And yeah. and it seems like even not even just the Lakers matchups, but the games itself. He had a decent game uh last night against the Pels, but they also won by like thirty five points. So that kinda Yeah, they're know, they're they're like at forty at one point. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. To your to your point, it's not really, you know, you're not really getting uh, a fully involved defense, especially in uh, situations like that. So I just, to your guys' point, I think the wing and guard play outside of their top dogs, they definitely have to figure out some type of combination. And I think if Trez is there, that kind of negates that where they can, you know, go to a guy to get buckets and also defensively. He takes mm-hmm. a lot of charges. Um, we were just reading on the, the Raptors game last night. He was actually second in the league in charges taken. So as much as he does give up in terms of uh, – he does have length, but he's not a shot blocker. But he knows that, hey, I can take a charge, I can draw fouls, and I can negate people yeah. from getting to the rim because Omar talked about, hey, they give up the fewest paint points, but Montrez is maybe about 6'8". So that kind of shows you mm-hmm. what type of defense that they have. And that kind of got exposed too with uh, Waiters because Waiters just kept getting to the rim, getting to the rim, getting to the rim. Um constantly and, and like he had 11 points but it felt like it was more just because he just kept getting to the rim every yeah. single time and that's that's a problem you know the Clippers have because they don't have a shot blocker their whole defense is we don't let you get there to begin with if you can get there though you know we can talk about hey Reggie Jackson isn't going to be playing heavy minutes but if Lou Will is guarding him is he going to do any better you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I think that's a that's a hole they got to they they got to try to figure out, uh, and hopefully they don't mm-hmm. they don't have to overextend their defense as a result of those guys. So th- mm-hmm. that's their only hole, but they still look like the best team in the league. That's all, folks.